What's up, Championship Vision listeners? It's Andrew from Dr. Dish Basketball, and we are thrilled to share our passion for the game with you. Our commitment to helping coaches and players be better every day has made us the number one selling basketball shooting machine on the market today. Our cutting-edge technology and user-friendly interface ensure that players of all levels can benefit from our machines. We take pride in being the first to bring you features like multiplayer mode, advanced Stats progression and our patented swivel net technology to help you train the inside and outside game with the efficiency of a shooting machine. From high schools to colleges and even professional NBA teams, Dr. Dish Basketball is there to elevate your performance. And as a special offer for our listeners here today, just mention Championship Vision, this podcast, for an exclusive discount. Visit us over at drdishbasketball.com. That's drdishbasketball.com to learn more. And remember, be better every day. Coaches, are you tired of dealing with sticky mats anytime your team plays on a dusty court? Stop carrying off expensive sticky sheets after expensive sticky sheets while you're trying to coach and just get your team game long grip, even on dusty courts. Grip Spritz gives your basketball shoes longer lasting grip on dusty courts while saving your school money. Use it pregame and put it away. Your shoes are good to go all game long. Grip Spritz, better grip, better game. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 340. Today we have Michael Takaki. Michael Takaki has already been part of three trajectory-changing programs in his short coaching career. He is innovator on the defensive end, a relationship builder with his student athletes, and a powerful brand maker in the industry. Takaki is author of Lockdown Defense, Developing Elite Defenders, which was released in 2021 and roasted number 11 on Amazon's best basketball books. He is also creator of his YouTube channel, which has amassed over 3.5 million views and over 25,000 subscribers. Jakaki has presented at several coaching clinics where the pre-registrations for his talks has surpassed 6,000 attendees. He conducts specialized camps for basketball teams to improve their defensive fundamentals during the off-season, and consults with several coaches throughout the season. Coach Mike has gained experience and insights through a coaching journey that has touched all levels of basketball, from Division I to Youth Leagues, and has coached both on the male and female sides of the game. With the mindset of a lifelong learner and passion to help others succeed, Michael Jakaki is committed to sharing the game and improving those around him. Today, uh, we're going to speak to Mike on his new book, Defensive Lockdown. It's a great PDF that he has just produced. So we're so excited to have Michael Chikaki on the Championship Vision podcast. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Uh, let's go into my second year. Yes. All right, coaches, welcome. Welcome back to the Championship Division Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado again uh, as your host. Uh, we're so excited to have Michael Chikaki back on our podcast. Uh, actually, uh, this is your second time on the Championship Division Podcast. Michael, welcome back. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. Excited to get started. Back for round two, talking hoops, talking defense. No doubt. Um you know, every, you know, uh, you're going to kind of go into your, your bio a little bit here. I did it earlier, but I want you to share, but, um, everybody nowadays, including myself, we're so guilty of this. All, all I'm working on is shooting like shit. I mean, so 
Like, and Michael, you're a defensive, really an individual defensive specialist. Um, but I guess I know you're going to talk about that in a second. Are we all guilty of that, Mike? I think so. And I think all the players are too. You know, I, I start my new book with a dear players, little, little letter. And I talk about, you know, how to maximize your off season. And, you know, you see all these players spending time, you know, working on their counter, you know, all these different dribble moves, these fadeaway shots, these things that, you know, maybe, maybe they'll unleash once, you know, throughout a whole season or, or maybe a couple of times, but I promise them that any time they spend on their defense, will be time well spent, right? You're going to spend half your minutes on the defensive end of the floor. How much are you practicing it, right? And same thing for us as coaches, right? We focus so much on the offensive side of the floor or team defense, but rarely do we focus on individual defense. We break down offensive skills all the time, but I think we could also use a heavy dose of individual defensive skill as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and Mike's going to come in and talk about his new book, uh, Lockdown Defender, Lockdown Defense, which I have. He, he gave <laughs> me the luxury of getting a preview of it. I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but Mike, kind of give a, uh, you know, a recap of, you know, how you grew up for the game. What do you, you know, how you got into coaching, how you got into the defensive side as well. Talk a little bit about your bio, please. Yeah, well, I think my defensive roots trace all the way back to my first coach, my father. And I remember, you know, I was never going to be probably a college basketball player, but I remember specifically being in a rec league game, you know, all or nothing. We're up eight with four minutes to go, no subs. And my dad calls us into the huddle. I'm exhausted. Everyone's exhausted. And he goes, listen, we really don't need to score another point to win this game. I know you're all tired. But if we want to win this game, you got to give me everything you got on defense. And if you need to catch your breath, you do it on offense. Hustle on defense, relax on offense. And I think that sabotaged me from the right from the start. <laughs> I was just going to be dedicated to defense the rest of my life. Um, and so I started my coaching journey pretty early, right? When most people are still playing in college, I started coaching. I dove right into the high school and youth level when I was a sophomore in college. And I think that's some, one thing strange about my coaching journey. The second thing is I've had the the honor, I, I like to say, of coaching really at every level, from fourth grade youth guys to high school, to prep school, to division one, division three, really a wide range. And I've even gone on both the male and female side. So it's been a great journey. I've been fortunate to have great mentors along the way and really climb up and work through the whole coaching journey. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Um, and really, I guess you're trying to break bad habits. I guess you can say, yeah. or create new ones, because uh, I know one of your um, one of your you know part of your uh, I guess your your mission and your objective in your book is, man, let's kind of change the way we do things as coaches, um, and let's start focusing just because you know you you did certain drills or techniques as a kid or coaches, we can change, right. To create better lockdown defenders. Right. Completely. And I think the first book I released, which, you know, already has been two and a half years ago called lockdown defense. Really the purpose of that was to take everything I've been studying over a decade and really question the fundamentals of defenses we've been taught and analyze and break down the truly great defenders and see if there's any consistency to what they've been doing. And there was, right? And that was the lockdown defense. It was all about breaking down this, the small techniques, the concepts, the intricacies of great defenders, some things that I've never been taught and some things that went counter to what was being taught, right? And so at the end of that book, though, there was just a small drill section. And some coaches could take the techniques and all that stuff and, and go wrong with it. Um, but a lot of coaches left saying, all right, this is great. Wow. Oh, my God. But how do I start to put this? How do I start to teach this? And so the lockdown program, which is my new book, is really a step-by-step a, a -step guide, a manual, a reference, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's really it's about developing those great defenders. And it's broken down into three steps, right? There's section one, which is an eight-week program, which is great for a player in the offseason or a high school or college coach who wants to maximize the offseason, right? Accelerate and transform their defense without ever even touching the ball sometimes, right? When we're not allowed to. Section two is targeted progressions, right? So 
if you have a player or a team or a small group that's struggling with one aspect of defense on ball containment pressure closeouts off ball you know off ball defense off ball screens now we can dive into specific targeted progressions to help them improve just like we would shooting right we wouldn't just take a player to the three-point line and say shoot away you know we would gradually build them up with mechanics techniques drills and so that's what section two is all about and section three is just extra drills and i shouldn't mention that all the drills over 50 of them come with a video companion that you have access to immediately when you have the book. Um, so really the book is everything I wish I had when I was starting my journey, right. And trying to help players develop their defense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually, I'm going to give Mike some, um, some credit. I'm actually going to use a couple of the drills at, at my clinic coming up. I'm actually doing hmm. my four player workout. Um, Dr. Dish sponsors me. So uh, we're doing a Dr. Dish workout. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I really want to use as my warm up some of your defensive drills. Uh, what do you think about that? I love it. I, I, we, every program I've been, we incorporate, especially footwork movement warm ups into our dynamic stretches and, and our warm ups, stuff like that. So I think it's a great way to activate the body, build good habits, break bad ones, and really get the, get the players ready to defend, get ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, let's get right into it. And I just want to tell the coaches that uh, we are doing, he's kind of got to show some of the things in, in the book. And I really want coaches to kind of dive in, you know, look into kind of purchasing his book, which is an excellent, I've already read it. I'm already going to use some of the drills. So Mike, let's dive right in, man. Sure, let me share my screen. And if you are joining as audio, you know, I'll be sure to be talking to you through it as well. But books right. released on Amazon September 18th. So be on the lookout there if you want to stay up to date um, obviously with any if anything changes or you just want to be the first to know uh, if you go to lockdownhoops.com up at the top coming soon you can see the whole lockdown program little blurb and a way to sign up i'll also be doing a kind of free clinic clinic similar to this one right on september 19th to keep the momentum going about the book and for anyone who's purchased it but yeah, let's dive into the book. We already talked about kind of the first thing in the book, which is a dear players, a small little blurb to tell the players, you know, the time they invest in defense is going to be worth it. But then we had the introduction talking about defense and the greatest myths. This was something I really motivated me early on in my journey that defense is all about effort and hard. And, you know, it's all about, it's a choice, right? You can choose to be a great defender and let me tell you, I worked with a lot of players who wanted to be great defenders, but struggled mightily, right? And and early in my coaching career, I felt helpless trying to help them because the only resources I could find were, were things teaching these kind of same phrases. That's all about effort and, and trying harder. Um, but we would never tell someone that that came to us and said, yeah, coach, help me improve my jump shot. You wouldn't say, well, you just got to have more heart in your jump shot. You know, that would be crazy. So why do we say it on defense? So maybe it's because we just haven't dove into the techniques of great defenders as much as we have great shooters, right? So we're still on that journey of understanding when it comes to the defensive side of the floor. And that's really what this section of the book is about. Moving on to defensive secrets. I won't spoil it, but there really is no one secret to, to being a great defender. And then the eight qualities, right? And this is just an overview of, of kind of what the, the main focuses and the drills are going to be in this book. And I'll just, I'll just highlight a few of these. Control and stability, right? Breaking those old habits, instilling the good ones, um, building movement patterns, making sure the athlete has the mechanics and technique in place before we start leveling up, right? Before we start adding reactive stimulus, before we start adding weights and and endurance and full court slides and you know, things like that. Next one I want to highlight is force absorption, right? It's, it's great to have a car that can go from zero to 60, but it better go from 60 to zero pretty quick, right? <laughs> Same thing on the basketball court. You love to have a player to go zero to 60, but a player that can go 60 to zero, that player is invaluable, right? A player that can go from a sprint to a stop. And so force absorption, especially on the defensive end, just like the offensive end is, is hugely important. How do we stop? How do we absorb our force properly so that we can now going on to section four, change direction, right? Because a great defender is not a one slide defender. It's, it's defending multiple movements, multiple counters, counter, 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 staying in front, disrupting, controlling, changing directions, absorbing force. 
And then the last thing, the last two I'll touch on reactive response rate, right? Defensive skill, it, it, at the base level, it's a movement skill and a reactionary skill. Now, once you start getting better and better, then we start adding different techniques and anticipation. But at its base level, defense is really a reactionary movement skill. And that's a huge part of our training. Whether it's with a ball or without, we have to add layers so that they are building that quick twitch, reactive fibers. And then the last thing, toughness. Toughness, not only diving on the floor, taking charges, all that kind of stuff that we love, right? We get passionate about. I love it and my players are training into them, but also the mental toughness to be a great defender, right? Great shot blockers aren't afraid to get dunked on. Great defenders aren't deterred by getting shook. It's just like great shooters aren't deterred by missing a shot. Same thing with great defenders. You have to have the mental fortitude that if you give up a basket, you're going to lock down the next. Just like a shooter will miss one and they're going to make the next. That's the mindset. And then we can dive in from there. Any Anything you want to shout out, Coach, or any questions about anything? Yeah, I love that. I, I just, I'm just thinking about, I can only talk about myself, uh, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of coaches would probably agree. Um, we just don't emphasize it enough. And I, I know your great defensive teams probably do. We don't really break it down as much because we have so much to work on as basically coaching a team, right? So yes. uh, primarily we have to do more in the off season, don't you think? 100% agree. You want to you come to the season with all the tools you need in the toolbox so that you can start hammering it away and building that, that great house, that great castle, whatever you want to build. Yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, but you know, there are times, you know, it's, you know, the D3 level, for example, you know, we did, we did have a rule change this year. So we get a little more workouts before the season starts, but sure. you don't always get that time. I remember being at the high school level, we couldn't use a ball in our off season workout. So you are limited sometimes, uh, but you can still maximize that time for sure. Right. And you, and you can, use these drills especially in that weekly program um we're going to skim through a couple of these this is yes. this is an important thing identifying individual strengths and weaknesses making sure that the player isn't sabotaging themselves with with wrong footwork thing and you can read more about that if you're interested in the book the video library and let me just give you a, a little preview of the video library here so you'll get access in the book with a qr code and a link to get mm -hmm. to the video library. And in the video library, there are, there are folders that represent the, the all the, the things in the book, right? So if you're in the weekly program, you open the and you got all eight weeks, you open week one and you have every drill in week one, right? Right there. So if the book wasn't detailed enough, if the pictures weren't clear enough, you got a perfect example of it right here. And you even have some supplemental videos as well, breaking it down even further in some of those examples. So each week you have all the drills you need. Um, if we go to the targeted progressions, right? You want to have a player improve closeouts. All right, here are all the drills. Here are the targeted progressions. If you want to have a player improve their first step speed, because closeouts, yes, it's about footwork and the final distance, but the faster your first step is, the better your closeouts are going to be. You're going to be able to arrive on time. You're going to arrive on speed. Um, also in the, in the library, you got bonus drills, extra drills, so these are things that I'm just grabbing that I find interesting, right? I haven't maybe experimented and tooled around with them myself, but these are just things that you can draw inspiration for. It's ever evolving. I might be adding to this a year from now, right? Just for my own reference and you have access to that. And then you have all the drills, all 50 of them right here. Um, if you do have the book, I prefer, you know, going into list view and then you can sort by name and then it's all ordered nice and organized for you right there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, check out. Hey, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing some of your drills as a warm up. Give me a couple mm -hmm. great drills, Mike. All right, um, that I can use it as warm up. Well, we have a dynamic warm up that actually mm -hmm. what we call we call a Nike. We stole it from uh, one of the Nike clinics. Um, but I don't know how much defensive emphasis. What can I add or what can I do for the warm up? that I'm going to do on September 17th. I got you. I love, you know, a simple warm up. Um, number one in my warm up, I, I would want to, I would want to touch on ball footwork. And number two, I would want to talk, touch a little bit on closeout footwork. Right. Okay. So to give you an example 
you know, this would be the most basic example, right? The one touch slide. Let's make sure the auto doesn't kill anyone. Um, yeah. But it's just a simple drill and you don't need the ladder, right? I use lines on the court all the time or, you know, I'll spread the ladders out or little, little rings, or you can even use cones, right? Yeah. But basically, and we Virginia use does. We hoops. use hula hoops. Yeah. There you go. And I know Virginia does this as part of their dynamic stretch. They'll stretch and then they'll they'll partner up, do the resistance band in here, and then they'll go back to stretching and then they'll do another footwork drill, go back to stretching footwork drill, and then you know they're going live or whatever. Uh, but this is a great, very simple drill, making sure we're moving through the hoop, making sure we're producing force, reacting to it, coming all the way back, and making sure the feet don't come together. Not always necessary, but in this movement pattern, it is. Okay, and then the second, the, the other two kind of movement skills we use are a crossover step, right? And you can, hopefully your players, a lot of these drills I'm demoing, so hopefully your players will look more explosive than me sometimes <laughs> in these drills. Uh, but basically, you know, and I do this with new pulse as part of our warm-up, we all line up about three feet, five feet from the line, depending on their explosiveness. They cross over that, that outside mm -hmm. leg boom, land on it and explode as far as they can. Important okay. keys to this drill though, is we want to keep the upper torso square. We don't want it to be a turn and run, right? Because we're using this on ball to cover distance. And so if we turn and run, that's going to be a foul. We're not in legal guarding position. Turn and runs important, especially in the full core or when you get blown by. But if you're still staying in front, using this as a, a cushion, right, then we need to keep the upper torso square as we go through the movement. Also, when we're exploding, we're exploding for distance to really test our, our core, our stability and our muscle and our force production. Um, but also we wanna make sure they're not using any vertical force when they jump, right? So they're moving lateral, they're pr producing force lateral. So my head, when I'm doing this drill, should not go up, right? It should stay at a level floor. And a lot of players mess that up. Right. They'll jump up and go for distance like they're they're doing a long jump. Right. They want to keep it, keep it level, keep it forceful. So that's the second kind of movement thing. And then the, the other one is the two touch slide. Right. And this this really aggravates some coaches that have a big don't bring your feet together. But the truth of the matter is we see the cross step all the time in great defenders. Right. We see the two touch slide all the time in great defenders. And they have purpose. Why? Because they can cover larger distances of space. So the two-touch slide is starting the same way as the crossover step, three to four feet beyond that, that baseline. Let's say everyone's lined up. And now you're exploding that inner foot to the line, bringing that far foot right back to that other foot. So your feet are almost coming together as quickly as you can replace it and explode away. All right? Hopefully that was verbally clear enough. But you can see the video if you're watching with us. The feet just touch that line quickly. Yeah, and slow it down. Yeah, so slow it down right when you get okay. All right. So, so as soon as gotcha. yeah. As soon as that outside foot comes to that inside foot, it's immediately replacing it to you can right. see how quickly it is, right? And when you watch great defenders, sometimes it doesn't even look like they bring their feet together unless you watch it in super slow motion which we just did here so those are some simple footwork drills yeah yeah i got it right. um for on ball defense neil uh this is one of a, a very easy and these are week one drills right these okay. are you know um but kneeling explosive running right so they start kneeling down and they're just going to explode out of that stance into a sprint and what does this look like this looks like a plier in a defensive stance off the ball, now having the turn and run in a closeout to their man. And this kneeling down position to start with, let's say I'm running to the right. My left leg is up and my right knee is down and I'm 90 degrees to the, to the place that I wanna run. So now okay. I have to truly produce all that force on that left leg as it pushes my body up. And then my right leg is actually able to catch under me to produce a positive shin angle um, I wish we had a, a clearer video to break down all these intricacies, but a lot of players will slow themselves down by not having that positive shin angle on that second step because they're reaching, 
reaching forward. And now that, that force can't, that foot can't really produce a lot of force. Right. Whereas if you watch a, a player steal second base in baseball, right, that foot comes under them so they can really explode. And that, this drill, all you have to know is this drill, right? Because this drill forces the players to do all the things we've just been talking about in detail, but you don't even have to tell the players all that stuff. They just have to get used to this drill because then their body will automatically be doing it for you. So we call this a down and out or a kneeling explosive. But those are just some simple things. And then there are other like partner drills we can do, like the mirror drill and all those kind of things uh, that we can ramp up competition. But those are just some basic footwork drills that you can add to a, to a warm-up. Go warm up. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Micah. Hey, continue on. Yeah, so getting back to the book a little bit, I, I reference a story of really how my individual training of defense started. And it was a player I was working with. I don't know if I use his, his full name in the book, but I'll use it here. His name was Ryan Reynolds, not the celebrity, unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, at, you know, I was a high school coach uh, for four years with Coach Goldstein at Middlesex High School. I was the head JV coach. And this player was a junior on JV, right? And the goal that that's really not the goal, right? You want to be at least a sitting junior on varsity so that you can come into that varsity starter role. But he was a, a junior JV player. And the truth of the matter is he was one of our best shooters in our whole program. He was just such a liability on defense, right? And so he came to me and he was one of my hardest workers. He was in great shape. It wasn't a conditioning thing. He was in great shape. It was a technique thing. It was purely defensive technique that was holding him back and the proper skills and concepts. And so he came to me and this was when I was starting my journey, right? Where I was breaking things down on YouTube, not knowing exactly how to train it and not knowing if I was too crazy <laughs> to all the things I was finding. And so he came to me and he, and he was dedicated. He wanted to transform this off season. He wanted to use the spring, the summer, the fall, in anticipation of his senior year to really transform his defense. Cause he knew that was the one thing holding him back. And so we did it right every day in the spring, we were together working on these drills that you can find in these books. Some of them have been refined a little bit, right? That was like eight years ago. Uh, some of them have been adjusted, but we were grinding. We were working. Summer comes now he's playing with the team. We're still continuing to work out individual agilities, working out on defensive techniques, in the fall and come come the season time he was a completely different player he went from a liability to one of our best defenders if not our best defender right he became he went from a junior on jv to a varsity starter and started every year every game that year for us um and and always guarded the best the best perimeter player on the other team right and so that's a that's an incredible transformation and gave me a lot of confidence of what i'm doing has value and I could continue with it and continue refining it and adjusting it and testament to this player's work ethic as well, for sure. So but, did he, he have like natural athleticism or was he average athleticism? Um, uh, so I mean, I guess what I'm asking yeah. is you take average players and make them maybe a half step quicker. Yeah. So he was, you know, he's good size, six, one, um, not, he was a good runner, right? He was, he'd probably be great at cross country, right? He's a great runner, could run for days. Mild explosiveness, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, easily grab the rim. Uh, he wasn't that kind of player. Um, and he certainly wasn't winning any, any races, the foul line and back, but he was winning them baseline and back. So, you know, his athleticism, he had a lot of aerobic endurance, uh, but anaerobic, these quick twitch movements he didn't have. And that's what he needed a lot of work on. And that's a lot what defense is, right? It's those quick movements, the quick change yeah. of directions, those quick explosiveness. And that's what he needed help with. And that's what holds a lot of players back. Right, right. And so then the book kind of dives in, right, to the eight-week program. Week one, list of drills. We're going through them. Um, do you want to dive into a specific week? Do you want to dive into a targeted progression? What are you feeling, Coach? So let's just get into uh, like week one. I know let's go like how do you get started in this? And then obviously the progression, you know, I mean, they can read through that. But what about week yeah. 
one? How do you get started? Because that's what I'm going to be. Most coaches are going to start with week one. That's right. And I think it's important week one, you know, maybe, maybe day one, you just set the tone, you kill them. But, but the purpose of week one here is to build them up, right? To build up great mechanics, great. It's like, you know, it's basically the, the shooting form, right? You start the player close in working on their, their set shot, their release. Um, so basically let's dive into week one. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll start with the, the footwork that we already went into, right? The two touch side, the crossover side, the one touch side and, you should do this workout twice that week, right? So Tuesday and a Wednesday, I mean, a Tuesday and a Thursday. That's what we did. Uh, Wednesday, you can have maybe as a competition day or a strength training day. You can also incorporate strength before these or after these workouts. Uh, I like to add a, add a Wednesday competition day to keep the energy going throughout the week uh, when, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays might be more fundamental and, and targeted. Um, but we start with the footwork, the three main core footwork patterns that great defenders use on the ball. And then depending on your team's ability, right, of picking that movement pattern up, because I'll tell you, I do lockdown camps. And sometimes day one, they're ready to move, right? They're ready to add resistance right away to that one touch slide. They're, at, they're ready to level up. And other times they're struggling with that one touch slide for the whole day right? The whole time we're focused on it. So you have to gauge your team a little bit, uh, but we're looking at the footwork and then we're going to move into some explosive first step training, right? A skips, stationary scissor steps, and then the kneeling explosiveness and the stance turn and run. Now we're working on our explosive closeout technique. And then you're just going to do kind of a conditioning, making sure they're endurance. I do want to touch on that in the book you'll see that it says aerobic conditioning sections. That's really where you can implement your own kind of conditioning drills, right? Whether it's line touches, it's separators, it's anything that's going to improve their endurance. What we're working on in these drills is improving their agility, right? And their quick motion. And so you want to balance both. You want to balance both. Because for me, yeah, I could have a player run miles and miles and miles. They'll come into the season. Yeah, they'll be able to play the full game, but they've not gotten any explosive. They've not gotten any, you know, any really transferable skills to the basketball court besides just their endurance being able to play a long time. I want my players, I prefer my players to be really explosive in short bursts, right? Because we have subs. There's no sub limit for us. I rather them maximize their time, even if we have to have to sub them out, have a good rotation. We have depth. Uh, but again, you want to balance both those things. But you don't want to just players that can that can play the whole time and, and not give you much. You'd rather have players that can give you, you know, touch the sky for a little bit, and then you can get them to recover. Um, so week one, we already touched on these kind of drills, these footwork drills, the A skips, the scissor steps are a little more nuanced. Uh, but really working on that first step explosiveness kneeling explosive stance turn and run then you're going into week two and week two kind of levels up more with resistance and some reactionary training and some tennis right. ball stuff which i love let's just dive into week two because it's probably more exciting than the fundamental yeah, yeah, fundamental uh stationary movement techniques but you got to build that that foundation because if you just jump into week two then they're not going to have the right foundation they're going to be crossing their feet when you're doing the mirror drill they're going to they're going to be learning bad habits Right. And you need to you need to invest in week one, even if it looks taxing, even if it's if it's tight, if it's mentally tiresome. Right. But you got to invest in the foundation because that's that's how tall your building's going to go. So week two, we, we start with a, a little fun drill. I like to warm the guys up and, and maybe you want to steal this too, coach. Uh, we yeah. call it. Um, let me just pull up the video. It's a very, you know, and it, you want to add some liveness to your, it's called turn and tag. So we worked on the mechanic of going from a, a, a stance or a kneeling, kneeling uh, stance into an explosive closeout into a 90 degree run. Now we're going to make it just a little fun, a little competitive for the guys. So they're going to partner up. They got about, you know, three to four, six feet uh, in between themselves, just enough to barely touch each other's fingertips. And they're all lined up here, uh, splitting the, the half court line. You can see me at the front. And one side, you can you know give them A or B or one or two. And it's so simple. You're just going to call out 
side one and side one now has to explode out of that stance, run to that baseline. And what's side B have to do or side two, they have to tag their, their teammate before they get there. Right. Yeah. So now, now you're just adding a purpose for them to give a hundred percent instead of just, because uh-huh. sometimes, you know, players need that, that competition. Um, if you just told them to stand there on the whistle, you're going to turn and sprint. They might not give the same effort they're going to give in this game just to get away from their opponent. Right. So that's a nice little fun drill to add. And you're building on the techniques and the fundamentals you built on in week one. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we add, we add some resistance to our footwork stuff. So make sure that not only are we building the footwork pattern and the movement skill, but now we're adding explosiveness. Right. We're adding that change of direction, force, absorption, all that kind of stuff. I'll quickly touch on this and I go into it in the book. And I don't want to give everything away, but but no, no, everyone, not at all. <laughs> but yeah. everyone's joining us. So they deserve a lot. Right. Sure. So so there's two kind of resistance bands primarily used, right? Ankle resistance bands or knee, and you have body resistance bands. Now, ankle resistance bands are great right? They allow you to have resistance moving there and back because the resistance doesn't change. It's equally resistant, right? The body resistance, you have resistance going away, right? If it's around your waist and someone's holding it, you have a resistance going away, but coming back, it's not a resistance. It's actually different. It's a resistance and then it's an accelerator. Now it takes two people, right? The, the ankle resistance only takes yourself. But if you have a partner or you, I use a pole sometimes, just put it, wrap it around a pole. I prefer the body, the waist resistance because of the accelerator aspect. Not only are we teaching the resistance, which helps that produ- production of force and core stability and all that stuff. But also when you're coming back and it's pulling you and making you go quicker than you normally would, it's forcing that movement pattern to go faster than you normally would just go through it. And that's really important for that brain-body connection to be like, oh, wait, I can go through this movement pattern faster than I, than I, than I initially do or initially thought. And that's, that's hugely important. That's why I prefer the resistance band around the waist. Mike, let me ask you a question. Um, are, are, are you doing it for time usually? What, what's kind of your, I, I guess, uh, is yeah. there a diminishing returns type? I mean, 30 seconds max, full yes. explosion or... 100% coach. Um, at the beginning, you can see a little suggested time and reps. Um, so for me, that's a hundred percent. If you're, if you're training an explosive movement, like vertical jump and you have a player just jump their, their highest for an hour, guess what? They're, they're not getting better at jumping higher. They're just getting more fatigued at it and they're building strength, but it's not necessarily going to lead to explosiveness. Explosiveness, like you said, it's max effort for a short amount of time and then enough recovery so that they can then repeat that max effort. And right. so for us, for us, for example, like the, the resistance band, right? You can go 20 seconds probably in week two, week one. You can build up to 30 seconds and some drills are timed. I prefer just to do six or eight reps there and back for in the ladder, right? Going as fast. Week two, they're probably not going as fast as they can. They're just getting the movement pattern down with the resistance. But hopefully your players can just zoom through it. You'll see a video of it. Let's pull it up. Um yeah. of Patrick Beverly. I mean, this is a you know an NBA. Yeah, um, Pat Bev. All right. One of the best defenders in the league. Watch Pat how down. fast he, he goes through this thing, right? Right. Not not a he got a lot of resistance. Look at how thick those resistance bands are. Yeah. Right. Um, but he's going through it with some pace, right? He's going through it with some explosive, some pace and he's nailing each footwork. Um, and so, like you said, we're, we're not going for, for five minutes. We're not holding this stance for five minutes. Like my coach used to make me do until my legs collapsed. We want them to just be uh-huh. able to explode as fast as they can through that movement. So yeah, six reps, they're going to change if you're doing the waist resistance. Now they're holding it for their partner. I like them to hold it in a stance just so they can then build that core and that, that leg muscle. But also that's a good rest interval for them, right? It's a good self-timing drill where they're resting as their, their partner's going and as they're holding their stance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And of course, Mike, my, my, my next, my next question is, can we do these 
throughout the season. I think sometimes as coaches, we cut back, but we can still do these from start to finish, like even at tournament time, right? 100%. I There are drills. I mean, like I said, we were doing some of these, we were doing these footwork drills to warm up at, at, the, at my college, right? At New Paltz throughout the whole year in, in every warm up we did every part of the year. And some of the drills we'll see later, we were doing in our vitamins every day, right? And we were mixing and matching them depending on opponent, depending on what we thought we needed to work on. But yeah, quick, quick start to each day. We take our vitamins. We're doing two foot stomps in the paint with contact, kicking out, finishing. And on the other side, we're doing pressuring the ball in the box drill or closing the gate to cushion defenders. We're, we're making sure we're teaching this. And, and just like to after practice, what do your assistance coaches do? Right. They take a player and they get extra shots up. Yeah. Right. But what about the players that suck at defense? <laughs> right. How are they getting better? For sure. Right. So so same thing for me. Right? We have a player struggling on defense. Guess what? After practice, hey, come on the ladder. Let's go do it. Come on. We got the resistance bands. We're doing these. We're doing different drills that we'll go over. But yeah, same thing you would do. You're doing it throughout the season. Anything a player needs, they, they need to improve on. We have the ability to give it to them. Right, right. I love it. Uh, drill four. So hopefully at this point, you've done three workouts, right? You've done two in week one. You've just started your third one. So you've developed hopefully pretty good foundational movement skills. So now we're going to start to layer in a reactionary element. Right, which I love this drill. It's the simplest drill. It's the mirror drill. You're just setting up a mirror, right? We can use the foul line. You can use two cones. And all the players have to do, one's in a defensive stance trying to stay in front. The other one's just on the other side of that mirror, moving and, and juking and doing all that stuff. It's a drill you see all the time in football, right? With linebackers, with linemen, with uh, defensive backs. You see it all the time in football. You never see it in, in basketball. Right. And it's hugely important in basketball to be able to stay square, to be able to react to an offensive player, to react to a dribbler, to take that first step, to win that first dribble. And even if you don't have a ball, let's see the video. The, the video, you know, you don't have to have a ball to do this drill. First players you can see doing it, these are football players, right? Just staying in front. You know, there I am <laughs> trying to juke out, uh, you know, a future division one captain uh, and here are some players doing it here. And every time the offensive player breaks out of the hips, right? They, they, they leave the defensive player in the dust. They call out one point because they want to win the drill. They got 20 to 30 seconds to get as many points as they can offensively by juking the player out, moving laterally, juking them out, spinning, whatever. So they're counting their points. And then, you know, I score three points on you, coach, in 20 seconds. Now it's your turn, right? You're on offense. I'm on defense. I can't let you score three points. I want to win. So now I got to keep you in front. I got to move with you. I got to keep you keep you square, keep you lateral. Mike, talk about the scoring again. I'm a little confused. How do you score on that? Yeah, so you have one player leading the drill, the offensive player, the other player trying to mirror. You can see 25 here, the player closest yeah. to us. He's trying to juke that defender out. And if he breaks out, right, if his shoulders outside. get outside of his shoulders, he just yeah, falls out yeah. one point. I got you. Gotcha. Um, and you can see this player gets lost because he gets two points up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, good, you know. They're... Also, I, that brings up a good point. Um, especially early on, if you don't have great drills, then you probably have an, a tendency to overteach, right? But if you have good drills – then the drills can do a lot of the teaching and correcting for you. Um, so in the mirror drill and, the, and especially in the close the gate drill, which we'll get into a little later, you don't have to over, you don't have to stop every rep and break down why they messed up or why they say the drill will teach itself and the players will naturally know the goal of the drill and their bodies will use the skills they developed through week one and, and week two to naturally get better and faster because it, it also is a reactionary element. And the only way that's going to improve is by continuing to do it, right? right? Continuing to react to that stimulus. Just like we talk about live experience, you can't replicate, you can't substitute live experience. The mirror drill is 
supercharging that live experience because they'll not get they're not going to guard the ball for 30 seconds if you're just playing pickup right in a in a row but they get a chance to, to guard an offensive player for 30 seconds in the mirror drill right and it's and then, you know, yeah go that, ahead. that anticipation i mean mm-hmm. well kind of is there something you read uh, of the defender like i I kind of read like if I if I'm guarding this is how I try to teach I try to teach my defenders to read hips read mm-hmm. eyes all that there's a big part of that right for individual defense as well maybe that's another phase <laughs> no hundred percent they learn that in the mirror drill for sure I love to do it without the ball first even if we have access to the ball because naturally what do you what are you going to look at if they don't even have the ball you're going to look right at their torso their hips their shoulders, right? You're going to look right here. But now when we add the ball to the drill, you'll see some players do actually worse. And that doesn't make any sense because the offensive player should be a little more limited with the ball than if they don't have the ball, they can just move however they want. But the reason that is, is because the defender started ball watching, right? They started just to focus on the ball and the ball can easily juke you out. A good in and out, a good crossover, whatever, that can juke you out. But if you just stayed focused on what you did without the ball. You were focused on their hips, their torso. You're just going to stay in front of them, right? Because all you're focused on is moving with them. So great point, coach. And it's hard to find angles <laughs> to dissect where great defenders keep their eyes. Um, but the the times that I've been able to really dive into that, a lot of times if they're containing, right? Yes, they're just looking at, at their body, right? They're looking at their their mid-level, their mid-waist level. When guys start to really pressure guys and things like that, and the and the offensive player is running a play, they do take shots at the ball, right? They do glance at the ball. They do glance at the eyes a lot of the offensive player. Right. Uh, because the eyes will tell you a lot. They look in the pass. They look into at you. They look at your feet to attack you. They look in the pass, and now you can deflect that ball. So the eyes do scan. But when you're working with a liability, a poor defender, they don't need to scan. They just need to stay in front. Right. So moving on, we got the we're we're continuing to develop that first step explosiveness. And these are just sprinting drills, right? These are drills that I had to do in track. These are drills I had to do recovering from an ACL injury to just get good running movement patterns back. Um, studying Franz Bosch and all these movement coaches working on sprint, first speed steps, quick burst. Um, so these are some of the drills to develop that included so that, because first step, right? You want to be first to the ball. You want to be first in your closeout. Weighted punch slide. This is a good drill in week two to start to touch on force absorption, change of direction. A lot of players, when they change direction, especially in a defensive slide, you can see their upper body start to sway all over the place, right? They have a weak core and they're not breaking efficiently. They're breaking with the outside of their body. They're outside of their foot, right? Instead of landing on that ball of their foot and then allowing them to push back. Um, You can see players lunging their foot out instead of explosively moving it with their other foot. Um, And so the punch slide corrects that for you they go through that ladder progression let's see a video of it they go through there it is they go through that ladder with a small weight in their hand and at the end of that ladder they punch that weight forcefully outside of their frame and they have to stick that landing, stay on balance, and then return to the ladder. But pushing that weight outside your frame, what do you have to do to stay on balance? You can't go with that weight. You got to stay right on balance. You got to stay with your center of gravity, right? So you got to keep your upper body centered under your, your, your landing leg. You can't just sway off because then you just lose balance. So that punch, that punch with the weight, is actually going to automatically correct any movement and efficiency a player has and change of direction. And it's going to force players to become more stable, to have great mechanics and be able to change directions properly. So that's one hey, of my Mike, favorite they have, they have one. I see some have two hands on the weight. Some mm-hmm. have one. Tell me what's, 
What's well, this player at the front is uh he's a he was a freshman at this point. You can yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but the player circled here is executing it perfectly. Two okay. hands right here. Sometimes you use a medicine ball, use whatever you got, dumbbell and two hands, whatever you got. Uh, but yeah, two hands forcefully push it outside your body. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. So that's one of my favorite drills because it's it's a corrective drill and it's also a footwork drill. Okay. This is another fun one. Keep some competitiveness. Keep a keep a purpose to the, to the technique you're working on. Tennis ball drop. I know Alan Stein does a lot of tennis ball drills that are yeah, great. Yeah, Alan did a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. he is great, right? And so I <laughs> took this and I just incorporated it with with the kneeling explosiveness that we do with closeouts, right? Just like the turn and tag. Now we're trying to get a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you see the player starting in that down and out position. His partner about you know the distance between the foul line and the baseline, you know, 15, 10 feet away from him drops the tennis ball. He's got to explode out of that stance to get to that tennis ball before we call it a, don't, don't let it be a second hopper, right? You don't want to get it on the first bounce, not the second bounce. Um, and then we, we add in a throw over the top. So now not only does he have to, cause sometimes early on they're trying to get to that ball. They just run right through it. Right. And they keep going. They run into the bleacher. Um, but you can't do that in a game, right? You don't want to run into a shooter. <laughs> um, so they got to stop, get that tennis ball. And now we just toss a soft toss over the top. So they have to change direction. Gotcha. So here it is again, one hopper there, throw over the top, great change of direction, grill, great, great closeout fundamental movement too. So that's a favorite drill of mine too. Um, good, good thing to do, especially in the off season when you're working on agility conditioning, the players have a lot of fun with it because they're competing, you know, they can, you can even have them versus each other, you know, how many can you get before the second hop, you know, versus your opponent, things like that. Um, and then we're just working on again, first step speed. And then you add in, of course, your, your gassers, your endurance, <laughs> the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The fun stuff, the, the trash can's got to be close by. <laughs> No doubt. Yeah, so that's kind of a preview week one and two, Coach. Yeah, that's awesome, Mike. Um, and, and of course, you don't want to share too much because I want I want people to <laughs> uh, to be excited about 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 getting this manual, man. What, um, and it, it's so I love the progression on it because sometimes as coaches we kind of haphazardly do things. It's all about progression, right, Coach? A hundred percent, and I think that's. I was fortunate enough to develop, uh, you know, a semi mentoring relationship with one of the one of the best in my mind, Ron Adams. Uh, he's he was an assistant coach for most recently the Warriors, the defensive mastermind behind them when their run was going right, and before that the Celtics. So he's a phenomenal NBA defensive coach. Um, had the opportunity to talk to him several times, and that was one of the things he really stuck with me. Two things. I'll touch on the one though. The one was you got to have a purpose. You know, you can't just, you, your team sucks at rebounding or your team's struggling with something and you just, you know, you're reaching for a drill that, that somewhat touches it. Right. And you're like, all right, we're getting better at closeouts right now. Cause we're, we're just closing out for, for five minutes or 10 minutes. But what is that drill leading to? What's the next thing you're going to do the next day to progress on that drill? Right. Everything you've taught, once the players have mastered that drill, where are you going? Right. Because you got to constantly level up your players because once they get good at something, it's time to move on. Keep challenging them. Keep pushing that level. Um, it's 100 percent, coach. We got to we got to keep pushing them. And we can't just, you know, this is a great reference, but the reference is for progression. Right. It's for improvement. It You might. Yeah, you might have a day where you have to just add something, but mainly it's about progressing the player through stages. Yeah, Ron Adams, man. Now, yeah, I don't think I don't think you know this, but I, I'm a I grew up with the Warriors. I grew up in San Jose, mm -hmm. California. Um, I'm a big Warriors fan. Very familiar with Ron Adams. Probably the most, probably one of the top, you know, defensive minds in the NBA. I would say, Coach, isn't he? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and he's he's changed with the times too. You know the the switching system he did with Brad Stevens and with Steve Kerr. I mean, yeah, that was really the, 
he was really on the front lines of that, right? And and he didn't come from that era. He came from a on the ball, you know, on the line, up the line kind of thing. Sure. Um, so yeah, and the second thing I'll say that he, you know, we were we were sitting and watching summer league games, and you know, I, at that point in my my coaching journey, I was very early on. I was using zones to to mask some of my inefficiencies, <laughs> right? Sure. Um, and I asked him, you know, why don't yeah, and I was a Dallas Mavericks fan, and, and they used the zone, you know, quite a bit on their run with Dirk and, and Kid and stuff. And, you know, I asked him, you know, why don't we see more zones in the NBA? And besides the rules and the defensive three seconds, things like that, he said, honestly, the reason you see more zone at the lower levels is because coaches don't know how to adjust their man, their man-to-man defense, right? right? And because of that, they just go zone. Um, and sometimes it's a good solution, right? Uh, if you don't know how to adjust your man yet, go zone, it covers it up. It buys you time to get to that timeout or whatever to adjust or to, you know, and, and sometimes just going to a zone is enough to change the other coaches and they don't know how to adapt to it either. Um, but the main reason is, wow, we're getting killed with this. You know, time to move on, but really no, it's time to adjust. And, and that, that showed me that, wow, I don't, I don't know nearly enough about man-to-man defense uh, as I should. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Hey, before you go, really quick, I, I know you, you've already spent some had some great details for us. Closeouts. There's so many different ways. You know, I'm kind of old school. You know, you spread halfway, chop your feet. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> high hands. But I I, I was talking to you, and I, I forget the guy. I just had a recent clinic, and he says what they do is they, they extend – out, not up on closeouts um, so they can keep their players down and actually just extend towards the really the ball or the or the head. They don't extend up. It was real interesting, the difference, and that made a lot of sense to me. What's your philosophy on closeouts? Yeah, so my philosophy on closeouts um, comes from a lot of film breakdown, comes from uh, dissecting specifically Virginia. They've had more years impacting three-point shooting percentage than any college basketball team. Um, and I had a, a fortunate opportunity to talk to their staff about it too. And so that's really where a lot of my beliefs, breaking down guys, closing out, making sure that what I'm teaching is actually what I see. Um, and so first and foremost, the more you can teach a rival on the catch, obviously the better, better we're going to be in closeouts, right? I have a drill in this book and that I use all the time, steal second, right? We're trying to arrive before the ball, right? We want to arrive on the catch, just like you're stealing second in baseball, right? You don't want to get there after the ball because you're out. Um, So if we can arrive on the catch, the closeout is gone. Now we're just on the ball. The second thing, though, like you're saying, that's not always possible. Um, And so the footwork is is the first thing that we we need to make sure we're, we're doing right? How we explode to the ball and then how we break down at the ball. Um, there's been a lot of debate on that as you, as you probably well aware, chopping your feet, going to a one, two stop. I prefer a four step breakdown. I think chopping your feet's too slow. And at our level, one, two stop is going to lead to too many blow buys. Um, right. at the NBA, you're, you're focused on taking away threes. Cause that's, that's so efficient of a shot. At, at the lower levels, it's less, uh, it's more variable. And so you, you got to protect the paint a little more than at the NBA level. You got to protect the three point line. So I like to mix both, right? Force that breakdown. You see players do it naturally anyway. If you tell them to go for a sprint to the baseline and back, what are they going to do when they reach that opposite ba- break, uh, baseline? They're not going to chop their feet like they're uh, 10, 10, 20 times to turn like they do in a closeout. Um, and a lot of times they're not just going to go one, two, and some players can do it. Uh, but a lot of times they're going to take one, two control steps and then plant and turn. Right. So four step breakdown is what I teach. And then the last step is what are we doing to impact the ball? And that's what you talked about there. For me personally, I don't like the reach closeout. So I might differ. And, and, you know, every coach, you know, depending on their level and, and guys might, might have a little different thing, but for me, reaching we call them superman closeouts and you think about it if you have a hand in front of you right 
your center of balance is is now changed. Um, right. And so now if you need to move backwards to cushion slide or even laterally, it's going to be a little harder um, than if your hand was more straight up in line with your center of balance. Uh, so that's just my take on it. We like to contest at the point of the release and we like to get an early hand high. Uh, we like to, to have a hand up as we're breaking down because uh, we want to deter that shot even before they're in that motion. And then immediately now we can read them. And, and we like to say, we are closing out, playing the shot, but always think and drive. It should never be a surprise when they put that ball on the floor. Right. Your fundamentals, you're closing out to impact that shot. But as soon as they put it on the floor, it's not a surprise. You're already ready to react to it because you're thinking about it the whole time. Um, but yeah, those are just some of the, the fundamental techniques. And I have a whole closeout clinic, you know, uh, nearly an hour on my website, just breaking down everything closeouts. Um, drills and all the techniques and everything we just went over and more yeah yeah and uh mike talk about that real quick how play how uh coaches and players can <laughs> get onto your website and number one if they want to see the closeout i'm i'm definitely going to check that out because um i'm still learning you know what is the best technique mm -hmm. for close you know i've been doing this a long time <laughs> but how can they get how can they watch some of your stuff yeah so you know YouTube is a great resource. I have a lot of, of content freely available all over YouTube, right? YouTube channel, Coach Mike, just type in Coach Mike Lockdown Defense. There's even a closeout video in that YouTube channel, Five Keys to Closeouts. It's like 12 minutes, I think, um, where it talks a lot about footwork as well. Twitter, I have a lot of free content as well. I do whole threads. Some coaches even say yeah, the whole threads are like 30 tweets in a row just about all defensive, all anything you see me tweet is defensive, right? So if you want a great source of, of defensive information daily, cause you're getting the offensive, you're getting those blob plays every day you go on social media, but the defensive stuff, you can, you can follow me at Mike underscore Jagaki. And then all the clinics are available on my website um, or coach tube. Um, the close that clinics right here. You can also get it in the bundle, um, but there's a bunch of clinics here. You can, get a pack line pack and invert defense a consultation um whatever but and then there's a free blog as well so a lot of a lot of different avenues for you youtube blogs twitter and then um if you want to dive in even deeper you can check out lockdownhoops.com and there's a bunch of clinics on there for you yeah great stuff mike great stuff and i know this you get very defensive when people talk defense man i know that you i know that uh, you protect, you protect. I, I love what you're doing. This is actually so needed in our game because we're so offensive oriented. Instead of being offensive, you need to get defensive. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> um, Mike, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And um, man, I'm hoping to get you out here to Georgia for a great clinic out here. Um, yeah. Talk about your next clinic you're doing. Yeah, good. Uh, so First, uh, just one point before we go, uh, then, I'll, then I'll plug some some future content. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the drills we went over in this short time together uh, were not the sexiest drills, right? You're not going to post them on Instagram and, and get 1,000 likes because they're like, wow, man, that looks cool. Uh, the drills we looked at you know, are not the sexiest. They're the drills to get you better. And yeah, as the drills go on, the weeks go on, the progressions get deeper, yeah, you get some drills that that maybe uh, look a little better, but that's because the players are ready for them, right? And now we're trying to maximize and layer it so that they're getting better. They're not just sustaining. So, you know, I think offensive drills, you know, look look very clean, very cool, very, you know, sexy on, on social media and stuff. And, and defensive drills are just grinding away, right? I love watching Drew Holiday and Pat Beverly workouts, but, but no one else seems to. Um, but yeah, so clinics coming up i'll be on another podcast uh next week as well no rival podcast mentioned um but <laughs> <laughs> uh, be on the lookout obviously for that you can join the newsletter at the website if you want to know uh anything that comes up but clinic um september 19th you can sign up right down here at the coming soon tab in lockdownhoops.com um, i'll also be doing a clinic uh, for United Basketball, um, a virtual clinic 
in the next week or so. So a lot of things for the rollout of the lockdown program. Excited to finally uh, share and release all the things I've been doing um, and working on for the last decade or so. Yeah, yeah. You'll be with my, my good friend, Matt Smith. Matter of fact, um, Matt Smith is uh, coming out to my clinic. Uh, he's going to film for me. Uh, so we're excited. Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm going to beat him in golf, though. Mike. <laughs> well, so definitely I'm going to put that too, on the so. air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, Coach, thank you so much, man, for sharing on that. And there's so many, so much more coaches can get. Um, and uh, I'm definitely going to promote it. I definitely want your manual in coaches' hands for sure. No, I appreciate you having me, Coach. I appreciate talking defense for however long we've been talking. Um, I think we touched about, you know, a quarter of the book. So uh, love it. Love it. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks. All right. Good luck. Good luck with everything. I appreciate it. Thank you. Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30 plus years. So no matter where you are in your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GS Coach Ed or look us up and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online.